And um, this week, the Lord has had a couple things on my heart, uh, on my mind. He's brought a lot of things to me lately. And one of them, just like that song, was just talking about, in your presence, I will be okay. And the Lord had me thinking about all the different stages of my life. And and he brought to my memory that vision where I went as a little I was a little girl in the mud playing with my little stick, making my boat. And then the older Zinni came with Jesus alongside and picked her up and just said, you're going to be okay. And anyway, this week I had an experience. Now, this is the second time I've had this thing hit me. About two two weeks ago, the same kind of thing happened, and it happened again. But I got overwhelmed with the Father's love, you know, because... Um, everybody, all of us have challenges that we're facing. We, we may be facing financial challenges. We may be facing challenges of loved ones that are not quite in serving the Lord and locked in. You see, we might be facing all kinds of uncertainties or fears, but the Lord was, he just like came to me and this is the second time he came to me again this week and he just showered me with this awesome love. And he said, it's going to be okay. And I said, thank you, Lord. In fact, I heard the Lord say something, and it's almost like, can I believe that? I mean, have you ever had the Lord say something like, Lord, do you really mean that? But he said, he said, Zinni, you're never going to have another shock again. You know, when you've been through enough trauma and shock in your life, he said, Never again. And the, I, that like blessed me. I'm like, Lord, is that really true? And it could be that that now I've grown to a level that it nothing will shock me like that again. Do you understand? I won't be thrust into fear, thrust into turmoil, thrust into... It's like, thank you, Lord. What an awesome thing to have that assurance. This song that we just listened to, it said... Um, Say you'll never leave me. I just want you to know, he's already said that. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. We don't even have to ask that. Do you understand? He is always going to be with you for all eternity. You have him. You have all of him. And all of the Father's love. Now, Um, I'm going to do a little bit of teaching as I'm led by the Spirit. There's something I have on mine, and I'm just waiting for the Holy Spirit to tell me whether we're going to do this this week or in the next couple weeks. So we'll do a little teaching, and then um, we'll we'll move forward. Okay, we're going to talk about partnership. The entire Bible is about partnership between God and mankind. God created Eve because he said that Adam should not be alone. Mary being chosen to carry the Messiah, the angel Gabriel said his name would be Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. When I tell you that he is with you, you are never alone. When I was single and, um, you know, I'd have this anxiousness 
this uh, uneasiness, especially when the house was completely empty. Sometimes I would feel disconnected. And I had this little sticker, and it was a heart, and it said, you might be single, but you're not alone. And I would remember that. I'm never alone. He is with me all the time. And I would just lay in bed when that anxiety would hit, and I'd take my tallit like that right there, and I'd just cover it, drape it across me. Because our Father designed that, that cloth. He designed it. And I would put it across me because it it means the glory. It means the covering. And I would just wrap myself in it and say, I am not alone. He's with me. And I could feel his presence so close, touching me. I just thank God that we don't have to bawl and squall and say, God, please be with me. Now, listen, there are times that we feel like that because something has cut the flow off something has cut the spigot off where the lord is there but we can't feel him we can't touch him we can't hear him we can't see him it's like it's like he's he's disappeared on us but he's still there i'm going to turn a little air on lee can you turn i'm a little hot so he never leaves us he is god with us So when you feel that anxiety, just to begin to thank him, Lord, I thank you. You are with me. He's in your very breath. You think about the name when he changed Abram's name to Abraham. That that name had a breath in it. And the name Jehovah, Yahweh is how they pronounce it in some Oh, ancient ways, Yahweh. It's got the breath, Yahweh, Abraham. It's got the very breath. You know, your very breath is the, from the Spirit of God because the Word says that man was formed from the dust and then God breathed into him and he became a living soul. This soul that we have, This is a very precious thing. This is not evil. This is precious. This is designed to produce, create, maintain the kingdom of heaven on earth. That is what that is for. So when we think of all the things the Lord wants us to, to declare, to decree, to believe, to have faith, We have to do it in this area right here in the soulish realm. The Spirit shows us things that we need to declare, pray, believe. The Word shows us by the Spirit. But then we have to introduce it to our soul. We have to let it flow through the soul. The soul is important. God designed this soul. It belongs to Him. And he breathed in us, and his spirit is in our very breath. So he is as close as the mention of his name. There have been times that I just sat and went, Abba, 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 Jehovah, Yahweh. And he was there. 
He's as close as the mention of his name. Tara, you can come sit up here. Okay. So, he is with us. Whenever you hear music and words that say, Oh God, be with us, be with us, be with us. I want you to, to reject that because he is with you. And you change it. Thank you for being with me. He is our partner. He is wanting to be in union completely with us. And as we yield our soul, as we surrender our soul more to him, then it allows him to move and breathe and live through us. Jesus chose not to be alone, but he chose 12 other men to be his partners as he carried out the will of his Father on earth. So the Lord intends for us to be in partnership with him. Now that's not to say that we don't need time with just him and us. We need that time. You know, my husband and I, every morning, he goes to the war room and he spends hours, and I do my worship and my meditation on the word before, I mean, before we've hardly even spoken to each other. We spend that time with the Lord alone. And then when we come together, then, you know, the Lord, it's like we're just regular couples, you know, hey, honey, what's, you know, and I would ask him what the Lord's showing him, or I might tell him things the Lord's showing me. But anyway, God has created us to be in partnership, that we're not to do all of this thing alone. Amen. Now, I do want to say this as I'm talking about this, that when I was full of pride, I spent my whole life feeling like I was a lone island, a lone ranger. I'm doing all this by myself. I mean, it was hard. I went through college. I worked. I did all this. I didn't make friends. I regret that now because I could have made good connections and good friendships, but I didn't. I didn't have time for people. I didn't want to know people, and I really shut people out, and I was a definitely a lone ranger, solitary person. You know, like, I was a machine. I had a goal to accomplish, and I didn't want to deal with anything else. You know, and I accomplished it, but I regret that because when I think about it, I could be much more well-rounded had I made friendships and relationships through all those experiences. But I didn't. I was a Lone Ranger. And I was very solitary. And I was so full of pride. So full of pride. That I could do this. You know, I can do this. <laughs> we were watching the Rocky Show movie last night um, at the house. And I remember that Rocky movie, the first one. I, I even had that album where he's running up the steps and the music's going, Running higher! And and I would just like, yes, I can do this. <laughs> and I'd be falling apart. But I'm like, I can do this. You know, so but I didn't I didn't invite God. I mean, other than the the it's like I knew him, but he seemed far away. He seemed far away because I didn't include him <laughs> in my plan until I was, oh me, oh my, I need this class at this time, at this hour. Because if I don't get it, I'm going to lose my job if I have to change it. And you know, out of 
thousands of students, and God would always show up. There would be this line at the University of Georgia. Everybody wanted, uh, you know, classes. And I go up to the lady, I'm like, I only, ha I have to have this class or I'm going to be wasting the whole semester. I have to have this class at this time, and this is the only time I have to do it because I was working three jobs. And I'm sorry, there's a long list of people on that class is full, and I'll put you on the list. I'm like, oh, God, and I will cry out to God, what am I going to do? I don't want to waste a whole semester, you know, just taking classes. And it would be amazing this lady would remember me out of all the thousands of students that she probably saw that day, their face, she would, and she called me, Zenny, I got you in that class. I'm like, only God did that for me. And here I am, you know, bawling and squalling and carrying on. And, and God is so good. He never leaves you. Do you know he is always there? He's always there. Teamwork, it's an ability to work together toward a common vision. It is the fuel that allows common people to attain uncommon results. That's by Andrew Carnegie. Now, when we talk about teamwork, I listen, I didn't know how to be a team player. And even when I first came in this ministry, even when I got married, I was so independent, full of pride. You know, I didn't quite trust everything, didn't quite trust everybody. And God has really taken me a long way because now I want to be a team player. I appreciate the other team members. You know, I'm, I'm like excited to think one day somebody else can teach this class, you know, and, and that's the team. Isn't it awesome? But so the question is, you know, when you think of being a team player, what what stirs on the inside of you? For me, for years and years and years, it was like, I can't relate to that. I can't. I don't know how to be a team player. I'm either got to be in charge or I'm not on the team. I mean, you know, I really, and believe it or not, even, in, I mean, it, it, I, I, I was always the one who got picked to be in charge of things somehow. I don't know why, but like even, even when I was a cheerleader, I ended up being captain. Uh, student council, I ended up being the president. And I was in the accounting organizations, ended up being president of the state, you know, and then they wanted me on the state board of accountancy to have to go to the, the, uh, the, the white, I mean, the, uh, the capital every month and all of that. And I, by then I started thinking about babies. So I was like, no, I can't do it. But I mean, you know, it's like that that part of me is there that I'm like, I need to be in charge. And um, so being a team player, I didn't know how to orchestrate a team. I could t say, you do this, you do that, you do that. And if they didn't understand it, then it was like, you know, I need to try to help you understand what we're doing here. And then I'd really run in circles because I didn't know how to communicate with people because I'd never been on a team, not really a team player, learning the other people. See, so I, I'm, I'm bringing up this partnership because we need to look at ourselves. How are we as partners with others? And how are we with, as partners with God? How yielded are we to the Father? And I know for me, full of pride, whew, I didn't yield very easily. 
I'm like, God, you said this and I'm doing it this way. And if I'm wrong, you better have some mercy and you better fix it. I mean, I was just like, that's a, I mean, that's how really, that's how much pride I had. I talked to God like that. <laughs> okay. Pride comes before the fall. Everyone must know that. And he will humble you. <laughs> you will be humbled. Praise God. And that's the best thing that could ever happen to you. Amen. I'm so, I, I tell you, when I realized that I had those critters, when that thing, you know, kind of separated itself, and I realized, oh my God, there's something using my eyeballs, and it's looking into Gene, and it was arrested. I got, I was like, oh my God, reality check. There is really something going on here, and I humble myself. I mean, I did not want stuff like that in me, demonic stuff. And yet it was there all along and had been for years. Yeah, <laughs> demonic stuff. And I got, man, I was like, Lord, take this from me. And every day I didn't know how he was going to do it. But I meditated on that word. May the God of peace sanctify me, Holy Spirit, soul, and body. He is faithful. He will do it. I'm like, you will do this, God. And you will. It's in your word. He's going to do it. And he will. And he does. And he's been doing it ever since. I yielded. Ever since I realized, I located it. I found that I had stuff in me. And I wasn't in denial, in deception. I was. I said, you're in charge. <laughs> you are in charge. I humbled myself. I got on my knees. I said, Lord, I do not want demons in me. I want to be delivered. Amen. Amen. All right. So these are, you can tell that it's tax season and I get really busy. <laughs> but these are just little visuals uh, to help us realize what teamwork is all about. And we have to be a team. To be a team, you've got to have trust. That was an area that I really had a hard time with, trust. I didn't trust people at all. I didn't trust that they could do a job. I didn't trust that they would take care of things. And it's it's a tough thing. Goals. You've got to have a goal. You've got to have a mission, a vision. There's got to be performance, collaboration, working together. So all of these things, you know, you can ask yourself, now we're all born again believers here. And we need to know what God's vision is for our life. And when you start to when you start to begin to see what God wants for you to do, now here's another thing the Lord has been telling me this week. This week I've gotten this word several times. The Lord has called each one of us to be great. To be great. And I'm like, wow, what would happen? What would happen if each one of us were mighty and great in him? And the Lord called us to be great. Now, what? how does that make you feel? When you think of being great in him, through him, what kind of things come to your mind? Do you think, me? I can't do anything. I don't know what I'd be great at. I don't know. I mean, what comes to your mind? 
Or do you have a vision? Does the Lord show you? Does he see you preaching, teaching, healing, doing the works of Jesus? You know, destroying the works of the enemy everywhere you go. Do you see yourself doing that? So ask yourself these questions. What is my part? Where do I fit in? Lord, how can I be great? And what he wants to do, there's only one way, and that's him, the great one in you, through you, can be great for him. You see, it's not about you. It's about him being great because he was great when he was on the earth. He was awesome. He was incredible. (laughs) I mean, he was just awesome. We're still talking about him. Thousands of years, it changed the calendar. <laughs> I mean, it changed the calendar. We, you see, just him coming into this earth. Woo! He changed something in the earth. And yet, the earth, had, most of the earth has no clue yet the impact because people are still in darkness. I was reading, um, I, I read, like, I study um, different like the Nag Hammadi scriptures and the Dead Sea Scrolls, and I would not advise anybody to read that unless you're really mature because it can get confusing. But I, I find little things that here and there, and one of the things that it said, that Savior said, he said, wickedness has come to destroy the mind, the perfect mind. You see, and Christ has a perfect mind. And the Word says, We have the mind of Christ. Well, we have that in our spirit. Amen. And when I think about this here, I was thinking about this the other day, this vision. And we can all, can everybody can relate to this, right? Everybody can relate to this. Everybody can see, have an idea where you're at on this chart. You immediately feel like, well, I'm here. Or I might be here, I might be here. I got a lot of soulish flesh stuff I'm working out. Darkness, residue of the fall. And anyway, the thing that came to my mind this week, a couple of things came to my mind. Question, where in your life do you not see grace flowing? Where in your life is grace flowing? being it seems like it's being challenged where is it doesn't seem like grace is flowing because what wherever there's things in your life that you're not experiencing grace and you're experiencing the favor and the love and all the blessing then that should be a clue that there's something in that part of you the soul that is holding everything back. There's either a deception or demonic influence, strong, wrong patterns of thinking that is that has got everything skewed where you might have a little grace in one area, but yet in another area, you just struggle year after year in, with the same thing. And it could be a curse. And um, one of the things that, you know, we have to do when we realize that there's something in our life that's not working, we have to renounce. If we have the wrong thought, 
the wrong pattern of thinking. You know, here's, here's the thing. This is so simple, but this is what I do. I might have a negative thought. It'll come to me. Now, it used to land and drill a little hole right on in there. You know, like, well, I don't think he cares about me because he's not doing this, he's not doing that. And I'm, you know, nobody cares about me. I just don't think that, you know, blah, blah, blah. That, that negative thing, drilling down, locked down. There it is. That, that, that negative thing is there, right? And so what I would do is I would say that I'd take it. Woo, now I know how to judge it. That is not of God. That is not of love for other people. That is not seeing the best in somebody. And I would say exactly the opposite and declare and decree, you know, this person loves me, they respect me, they adore me. I would declare and decree, you know, whatever it is, the opposite, just switch, switch. You know, we talked about scratching the record. Just scratch it and say the opposite. Just speak it right on out of your mouth. Whatever that thought is, you've got to renounce it. You've got to grab it, say, whoa, this does not line up with the kingdom. This is going to cut your grace off. You see, there's like a, it's like a, a water spigot of grace that flows, flowing from the spirit through this soul that's creating everything around you. And if you don't cut that negative stuff off, it's, it's cutting the flow. It cuts God off. You miss your blessing because you're so busy over here thinking all this negative stuff that you can't even see the blessing around you that's happening. The flow that's there. God is there. He's always flowing in blessing. That is all he's got for you is goodness and blessing. It's always there. But you gotta you you cut yourself off from even seeing it and participating in it. So we have to stop it. Right? We gotta scratch the record. Renounce it. I renounce that thought. That is not from the that does not line up with the kingdom of God, does not line up with the kingdom of heaven. This is evil. This is wicked. This is a thought that's come to destroy my mind. You see, we have to protect our mind. We got to renounce it. And then we got to repent. What does that mean? I'm going to change the way I think. Now, that's not always easy. But you got to get in the word and let the word of God do it. Recreate how you think about that person or that situation, how you think about everything. If you struggle with paying bills, you know, and you're writing checks and you're like, oh, God, I don't know how I'm going to pay the next bill. I don't know whether. And that this thought starts running and consuming you. You know what I do? I write I write that check. If I have to write some bill out, like for, you know, so let's say I have to pay uh, $800 because I got to have something repaired or whatever. I'm like, $800. Whoa. That's my first reaction. <laughs> And then the second, but I'm like, stop, renounce that. 
Now, that does not line up with the kingdom of God. That does not line up with the word of God. My God shall supply all my needs. He is, he is totally sufficient. Everything is all sufficient. All things work out. It's all going to be okay. It's all good. And I have to renounce it. And then I'm like, change my thinking. I'm like, oh, you know what? devil I'm gonna do you one good I just wrote a check for 800 guess what I am believing God right now I'm declaring in the name of Jesus that 8,000 is coming my way I don't know how I don't know where but I'm gonna put it out there in the atmosphere and my father is good 8,000 will come my way you see and I tell the devil you want to mess with me I'm gonna believe something big I'm gonna believe for something good Amen. And when I believe for that and I say, Lord, hey, Lord, you can do this and you will do this because you love me. And it's amazing how I can go back and look at things, you know, that the miracle that I had where I had this rental property, the contractor took $40,000 that I had to pay to get this this house I was converting into four apartments. He took the money and didn't do the work. I had borrowed the money, had borrowed the money to buy the place. And I was just in a pickle. I said, Lord, I don't know how we're going to do this, but I'm going to trust you. And for one solid year, I stayed in peace. Somehow, some way I made every payment. I don't know where the money came from. I don't know how it happened. But when I went, got ready to make that payment, the money was there. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I don't know how this is happening. And I stayed in peace. I stayed in arrest. And if my mind began to grip into fear, if I began to, you know, because it can do that. You can flip that switch. I would renounce it. I would say, no, Lord, I'm believing you're going to cover this. You're going to take care of this. And it was a year later that I got a letter from an insurance company that said that they were looking for me because my first husband had died and he had left me exactly 40,000. It was like 38,000 and some odd cents. It was exactly the amount of money that this guy took. I was shocked. And they said, we've been trying to find you for a year. Do you see that the Lord already had the answer when the event happened? He provided like the lamb in the bush, like Abraham coming up one side of the mountain. The, the Lord brought the ram coming up the other side. They didn't see that ram coming, but the Lord did it. It was already provided. It was there. And I was like, Wow. That is amazing, you know, because I, my first husband, we, did, we didn't have any, you know, negative feelings or anything. We were both young, just got out. But I would have never dreamt that he would have left me anything, ever. <laughs> so it was like the shock, but it was God. God did it. God provided it. But I, here's the thing. I truly believe this with all my heart. Had I stayed and gotten in some sort of fear and stayed in fear, I would have never gotten that letter. I truly believe that. And even though everything was held back, I believe it was a test. The Lord was testing me to see how much I would trust him. And I did. I stayed in faith. I stayed in trust and got that money, hired Mr. Hall to finish the project. And, you know, now that has a nice little rental income.
Praise God. Amen. And not only that, you know, since I've been in this ministry, I've, I've paid off, uh, I've paid off probably $180,000 of that debt and only have about 70 or something like that left. So God is good. <laughs> yeah. So God's grace, you see. Amen. But, but the Lord has tested me. I had to trust him. I had to trust him completely. And then the Lord had brought me into this ministry. He's be he began renewing my mind. He began renewing things. I trusted the Lord before out of sheer desperation. Because, you know, there comes that point like, Lord, I can either f totally fall apart or I can t I just did, Lord, if I made a mistake, I made a mistake. You fix it, Daddy. <laughs> I was just like, Daddy, you're my daddy. I my daughter might do all the things right, but Daddy, Daddy, you've got to fix this. And that was me. You know, but the Lord has been growing me and, and now I'm looking for bigger and better things. When I say to the Lord, when I tell the devil, hey, you watch out, I'm going to start believing for 8,000. If I had to write a check for 800, I'm going to believe for 8,000, then God's going to do it. Amen. I don't have to go around asking for anything. I don't. I don't. But the Lord knows and he will do it. He's done so many miraculous things. I had miracle after miracle where clients would come up to me at the end of the year and say, you know, you're, you're going to be doing more for us this year. We just want to go ahead and write you $20,000 because we're going to write this in advance. And I know you're going to, now I did have to work for it, but I'm like, oh my God, Jesus. <laughs> you know? So when I tell the devil, hey, watch out, I'm going to believe for something. You better watch out. We can do that. We can believe. We're called to be great. And that means we cannot be locked in to boundaries of our thinking. We cannot be locked in a box. We cannot lock Jesus in a box. You cannot lock the Lord God in a box. You've got to let him out. You've got to let him flow. You've got to use your faith. You've got to declare, decree, amen? And be able to work with a team. Be able, I, I thank God that he put me in this ministry because it forced me to be connected to people. It forced me to, to yield. And now I'm so grateful. And as my love grows, my love walk just continues to grow. Alone we can do so little, but together we can do so much. That's Helen Keller. And that, the, that lady who was blind and could not hear, see, she understood what it meant for people to work together to accomplish great things. Partnership, it creates a synergy. Synergy is the interaction of elements that when combined produce a total effect that is greater than the sum of, of the individual elements, the contributions, synergism, the power of synergy is the result of doing which is more than the sum of the parts often accomplishes more than what dozens of individuals working alone can do. So what's so beautiful about this ministry 
is that as you become a part, and see, you're a part. When you come every week, when you come on Saturday, when you come in any of the teachings, you're a part because you're soaking it in. You're connecting to the kingdom. You're working this salvation out in your soul. You are becoming a part. Now, when I tell you there's a synergy, there is something happening in the spirit realm. There is something happening in the kingdom that is that is explosive. So every time you plug in, every time you're a part, you are an important, important element that you alone cannot not accomplish. You don't realize how valuable you are. It blesses me each week to see y'all here. It blesses me for everybody to come. Because you're here, I'm speaking. The Lord's using me. I'm getting blessed. Amen. So you're getting blessed, but I'm getting blessed. Well, there's something that's happening besides just you and me. There's something happening bigger in the spirit that's growing bigger and bigger. You know, Gene used to try to explain to me in the beginning, and I couldn't get it because I didn't understand teamwork. I didn't understand synergy. I didn't understand what he was trying to say. But he said, Zenny, if I can just get the fivefold together, the prophet, the teacher, the apostle, the evangelist, the pastor, if we can get these things in position, that when we go out or when any speaks that... It's not just the apostle. It's not just the evangelist. It's not that there is a power of the fivefold at work. It's another level of power and authority. And I've seen that. I've seen, experienced that. When we went to New York, I'm telling you, I have never seen anything like that in my life. And Gene was speaking. And it was the master, total authority. And that place, there was, I don't know if how many people were there, but it was like a lot of people. And they were all just like all the other ministers, all the other prophets, they sat down and they went, wow, we have never seen this kind of authority and power. And everybody felt it. You could feel it in the room. It 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 arrested you. It was like the it was like it, as if the Lord Himself. And I mean, it was just I I've just never seen it. But see, that is part of what as the 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 fivefold is being built, as their souls are being renewed, even my soul getting cleaned up is part of that power. Do you understand? There's a synergy. I was a key connection in that because if I have my soul completely messed up and then I'm sitting there on that road going, man, I don't know why these people don't want to leave. They did not want to leave. Nobody wanted to leave. We started in the morning at six o'clock. They didn't want to go. And we said, we, we have to get something to eat. And they're like, okay, everybody eat 30 minutes. We'll be right back here. I mean, it was like that. They did not want to leave. And you know, in the Bible where it talks about Jesus and the crowds, how they didn't want to go. I know what was there because I experienced that kind of power, that kind of authority. 
And so if I was sitting on a seat thinking a whole bunch of negative stuff, it could have stopped the flow. But everybody, everybody submitted. And it was off the chain power and authority that you could literally, this was not like, oh, I feel some goosebumps. No, you were in awe. That was the word. I was in awe. I'm like, what is this? And we had never seen anything or experienced anything like it, you know, even here. And so that tells me that even here, there are souls that have not submitted, have not, you know, worked out what needs to be worked out because it stops, it stops the power, the synergy, right? But as as we come together, as we get stronger in the spirit, as we get our souls purified, yielded, 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 renouncing the evil, renouncing the wickedness that's come to destroy and capture our mind, renouncing, which is the true mind of Christ. As we get yielded, renouncing, repenting, repenting, then the synergy begins to happen. And you will experience it because you'll find yourself speaking to somebody and witnessing to somebody and you won't even know where all that's coming from. You're like, wow, you're getting a measure of it. You see, the reason why the power and the synergy has been stopped is because there's not been purity of the soul. The people ministering, you and you go out in different areas, people ministering are ministering from the soul that is not pure or from a self-centered pride or whatever it is that's in the way. And so the power of the Lord, the authority of the Lord has not been flowing because there's been a mixture. You're getting a little bit of the flesh of that person. You're getting all their junk. It's just coming out with their voice. When I tell you about this synergy and that power, I'm telling you it was on his voice. I, and his voice was hoarse. There was three days. He could hardly talk. But there was, it was on the voice. It was in the breath coming out. And I said, honey, it wouldn't matter if you said supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I'm serious. It didn't even matter. Because the power and authority that came out hit people. It hit. This place holds like 3,500 people. Huge auditorium. Huge. It hit everyone all the way to the back. I was like, I had never seen anything like it. What is that? That's a synergy of power in the spirit. And so we're a part. Don't think that you are not part of something very, very great. You're not a lone ranger. It's not all about you. You're, don't be self-centered. It's not about you. It's about what he is doing in the earth today. And you have a part. Amen? Synergy is the creation of a whole that is greater than the sum of its parts. Also called synergism, the potential ability of individual organizations or groups to be more successful or productive as a result of a merger. You see, I mean, it's 
it's it's like you know you can you can let me if I can give you something that you know maybe somebody can relate to but have you like when I go to if you ever been to a Georgia University of Georgia game and you go there and the crowd's cheering and everybody's got the colors on and everybody there's like this I remember when I was at Georgia and I'd get up in the morning you could feel in the atmosphere everybody was excited and then if they lost everybody was depressed I mean, but you can feel there's a synergy. There's a there's something that's created in the togetherness that is not there individually. You see what I'm saying? So you can understand that in the natural. That is actually, that's created in the natural. Think what is happening in the spirit. In the spirit realm. Partnership. The Lord said in Genesis eleven six, Behold, they are one people, and they all have the same language. And this is what they began to do. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. In um, some translations, it says nothing which they ha- can imagine. Nothing which they can imagine shall be impossible. Because they have one language. They understood everything. There is a synergy. There is a power that is unleashed. Can you imagine what it would be like if each one of us in this place came into agreement that we that everyone that came here was debt free? What can you believe? Now, you say, but how do we believe that? You start declaring it, decreeing it. I mean, I feel like just having a party. Let you know, let's have a party and have a celebration because we all are debt free. Yes. And let's do it before it happens. The debt free cancellation, the total debt freedom party. We can have a party and we can go ahead and celebrate and say, Praise the Lord, how much debt was gone from you? And you can say it was this much. How much debt did you was gone from you? Praise God, how much debt was gone from you? Oh my gosh. You see? We can create this in the spirit just by beginning to tap in and imagining it. Do you understand the power we have? Do you understand if we come together? and we start believing together, it can happen. We see little bits and pieces of people, you know, being debt-free or getting a car. We see things happening. We see this. We see little bits. But what would happen if everybody got on board and they weren't sitting there going, well, why didn't that happen to me? Why don't I get a car? I really need a car. I really need this. I don't know why God doesn't do that for me. You see, that cuts the flow. It cuts the synergy. It cuts the power. You're on the wrong side. You got the wrong thoughts. You got to get in the flow. Like, praise God, I'm next. I'm next in line. And if you see it happen to somebody else, oh my God, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening now. Do you see what I'm talking about? Amen. You've got to let's start believing. 
Let's get on board. Let's create a synergy. Create a happening. Start decreeing, declaring. Just that one thing. Can you imagine a congregation where everyone is debt-free? Now, is that great? Now, we are called to be great. We are called to be great. We can be in partnership, in faith, for each other. Amen? And be yielded to the Spirit. The Spirit will lead. If, if If the Spirit leads one to bless another, whatever, the Spirit leads. But you can't be led by the Spirit in an area that you're clogged up, the faucet's turned off. Your soul's got to be free. Amen? Amen.